The Arizona State Sun Devils suffered their first loss of the 2022 season on Saturday in Stillwater, Oklahoma against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And we're here to talk about everything that went on during that game on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? My name is Richie Bradshaw, your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils, and this is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in the visual platform, of course. Wherever you do get those podcasts, though, hit like and subscribe, and make sure you turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. Today's episode of Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars. That's excuse me. That's uh that what was I what was I just saying? Underdog. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code locked on. Double your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Getting into today's unfortunate conversation, the Arizona State Sun Devils went on the road to take on the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys and unfortunately dropped their first game of the year. Now, this wasn't anything that we weren't like prepared for. Oklahoma State was the number 11 team in the nation. You had to go on the road to play them. And this was a dynamic offense with a dynamic defense. This was definitely a game that ASU was, you know, quote unquote, supposed to lose. And the, the unfortunate thing is Arizona State was completely capable of winning this game. We're going to look at the offense, the defense, and then just the overall output of what we ended up getting. But Arizona State was very much in this game for a long time. It was very frustrating to see the way that this game went about because it just, if if we had executed a little better offensively, this this is a completely different podcast. There's There's a chance we're talking about this as a win, we would have joined a Saturday that saw two teams in the top uh, top 10 get upset. Another team, uh, Houston, number 25, got upset as well. It, it was upset galore on Saturday. And Arizona State had a chance to join that company, but unfortunately was not able to pull it off. And it mainly falls on the offense, which is where we're going to start our conversation off first. So interesting conversation that I had with uh, a family member is they they were they brought up Spencer Rattler and I feel like this is an important conversation. They had brought up Spencer Rattler and they said, you know, this this game wouldn't have been an issue if Rattler was in a quarterback, to which, you know, I asked why why is that the case and he said, well, they're, you know, they're afraid to let Emory Jones throw the football. And I just don't know that I completely agree with that, especially because Emory looked like a very good passer in this game. It's just unfortunately like there there was definitely room for improvement, but the offensive line just did him no favors. Emory Jones was sacked. Uh, I almost said six was sacked three times and pressured consistently throughout the game. And unfortunately he was, he was sacked by three of the best players on that team. Uh, Brock Martin coming off a nine sack season, uh, Trevor Lace or Tyler Lacey, excuse me, who, Oh my God, what an absolute 
animal. That guy completely wrecked the game plan for Arizona State. We'll talk about him in just a second. And Colin Oliver, who I highlighted going into this game as the one guy you needed to figure out how to start. That's how to stop. And bad news, you didn't figure it out. And he wrecked your game plan, unsurprisingly. But the pressure was consistently in the backfield. There was just nothing Arizona State could do to keep Emory Jones on his feet in the pocket, which resulted in him completing uh, just over 50% of his passes. Now, on 12 completions, he went for 223 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, it wasn't as though it was one big chunk play. Yes, there was a 73-yard completion to Giovanni Sanders, but he was spreading the ball around very, very well. He had a 28-yard completion to Elijah Badger. He had an 18-yard completion to Charles Hall. He had a 15-yard completion to Messiah Swinson. It's just, unfortunately, the the rest of the crew was not able to step up. Five, Five guys caught a pass from Emory Jones on Saturday. Andre Johnson was not one of them. Brian Thompson was not one of them. The guy I love, Cam Johnson, was not one of them. It was Giovanni Sanders with three, Elijah Badger with six, and then Charles Hall, Messiah Swinson, and Jalen Conyers with one each. That is not going to cut it. You need guys to step up in this passing game. I had mentioned, you know, if you if you get too far away from the run game, I don't know if this is a team that's built to pass the football to get back in the games. And um, it's it kind of showed that Arizona State is not built that way. Now, it's not an Emory problem, in my opinion. Emory is a very good passer. I thought he looked pretty sharp, all things considered, during this game. And did everything that he possibly could. But, you know, the the guy's got to step up around him. The protection needs to step up. Uh, Certain offensive linemen uh, ended up liking a tweet of mine on Twitter where I basically said that, you know, he's just not playing very well. And you know what? Like the tweet and put it on your wall, my friend. Like, if that's your motivation to get better, I am here for it. I don't want to be calling you out. I want to be praising you. So if... If for some reason you're listening to this podcast, you know who you are. I don't want to be slandering you. I want to be praising you. So prove me wrong. You know, you like that tweet for a reason. Post it. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has said negative things. Use that as motivation. Be better. Be better. You're capable of it. Anyways, uh, the one thing that they did have going for them was the ground game, which is something that I said was going to help power your offense. Not a surprise. It ended up doing just that. Xavier Valade continues to be a godsend. Another 100-yard rushing day for him, up over 118 yards and a touchdown. Nearly six yards a carry for him. Uh, Danny Nagata touched the ball seven times and turned it into 31 yards, so another solid output for him. And then, unfortunately, the yards kind of took a little bit of a hit with Emory Jones racking up negative 17 yards on seven carries. Now, again, keep in mind that there were three sacks, which is going to be a huge amount of those yards that he lost, and his long of the day was two. So he he was probably going to be hovering right about, you know, two to zero rushing yards, but the negative seven really, really hurts the impact there. There was also a team minus, minus one yard. I believe that was a fumble, but the running game was very strong, again. Not not a surprise. That's what you're going to be building this team off of is the ability to run the football like it's nobody's business. You take away those negative runs, you got 149 yards on the ground. You also found a way to get 223 through the air. The offense, like 
on, on the box score, it looks great. The problem is if you watch the game, you know the offense was the reason we didn't win this football game. They were not able to capitalize. One of the things I talked about on Friday, if you give Oklahoma State too many extra chances, you're going to lose this game. What does extra chances mean? No turnovers, no short drives, and no good field position. ASU did not turn the ball over. Great job. But you did, you did give them short fields. You were not converting third downs. You had two third down conversions the whole day. I believe you were two of eight or two of nine on your third down completions in this game. That is unacceptable. That, that cannot continue or you are not going to win football games. That is, that, that that's just, no, you, you can't do that. You're, you're not going to be able, two of 13, excuse me, two of 13 on third downs. That is less than 20% of the time you're converting on third down. Meanwhile, uh, Oklahoma State went six of 15, which, you know, was better, but we're going to talk about the defense here in a minute. ASU just could not convert on third downs. They were consistently putting themselves well behind the eight ball when it came to field position as well. You punt the ball so many times. Uh, Zablicki ended up uh, punting it eight times. And he pinned him inside the 23 times. But, I mean, it, it, it didn't stop Oklahoma State from going right down the field. They had a 99-yard drive where they went right down and scored on you. I mean, this, this offense just did not do enough. They put 17 points on the board, and that's just not good enough against any opponent, opponent, let alone a team like Oklahoma State who can put points up in bunches. But we're going to go ahead and talk about the defense for Arizona State in just a moment when we return. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Underdog. So this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash. Underdog has investment backing as well from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They've always been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience with top-notch customer support, and it's the best in the business. I can tell you guys as somebody who has used Underdog Sports, that's a lot of fun. And again, it's very, very easy to do. All that you need to do is look for your favorite team. In our case, that's the Sun Devils. Pick any lines, whether you think they'll end up higher or lower than that number in the week's game, you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night up, up, uh, underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick them slip, get all your picks right. And you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code locked on and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, deposit $100 and get a free $100 when you use the promo code locked on for Underdog Fantasy. As always, guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. Back into our conversation, this time looking at the defensive side of the football. Arizona State has itself a very good-looking defense, and they were able to put together a very nice outing in this game should be very, very satisfied with the way that they were able to play. And I know what you're thinking, Richie, they gave up 34 points. How can you be satisfied with that? It was 17 to three going into halftime. 
You gave up 14 points in the in the in the fourth quarter. How can you be satisfied with this? Very easy. They bit down and they bit down good against a great quarterback in Spencer Sanders and a great offense. It just unfortunately could not be backed up by the offense because if Arizona State's offense had showed up and they had been able to put up points the way that they should have, this is a win. Arizona State's defense did everything it could. The only reason they surrendered 34 points is they were on the field the whole gosh darn game. You had Oklahoma State ended up having possession of the football for just 29 minutes and 26 seconds, but don't let that fool you. They seriously just controlled the clock. That That is such a deceptive stat to be looking at, is they had drives where they just went right down the field because the defense was exhausted. Arizona State had actually quite a few uh, three and outs, which one of my predictions was that the defense wouldn't get any, and they had quite a few. I was very impressed. In fact, to start the game, I believe they had two in their first three drives were able to force three and outs. It was outstanding. The defense clearly came to play. And you look at some of the guys and their box score numbers, and it was outstanding. Kyle Soley had 16 tackles, and he had another interception. So he's got two picks on the year, and he picked off a very good Spencer Sanders. And it just, he looked outstanding. You look across the rest of the board, you were able to get some tackles in the backfield, create some pressures. Omar Norman Lott recorded uh, two quarterback hurries on the game. He looked outstanding on the defensive line. Uh, Nessa Jade Silvera was a little banged up at one point in the game, but he also played very, very well. Overall, you were able to do what you needed to do. You got a turnover that Arizona State didn't do anything with, didn't get any points out of it. You were able to force a lot of three and outs that Arizona State did nothing with. They did not capitalize. Those were the extra possessions I was talking about. I was not talking entirely turnovers. I was saying if you can force three and outs and you can force Oklahoma State on short drives where they're turning the ball right back over, that's how you're going to win the game. Defense did its job. They're, it's just it's as simple as that. The defense did its job, and it's a gosh darn shame that the offense couldn't step up. Now, the one thing that is frustrating on the defensive side of the ball is, once again, they didn't get any sacks. I understand that sacks aren't everything, but you do need to start being able to finish those plays. Sacks are still an important statistic. Just because you don't need, you know, a Terrell Suggs 24-sack season out of a guy does not mean you you want your, your team-high uh, sack artist with five. B.J. Green was outstanding last year. Five should not have been leading the team. It should have been more than that. But ASU struggled to finish plays last year in the pass rush. And through two games this year, it's the exact same story. Arizona State cannot finish those plays. And Spencer Sanders made them look silly sometimes. He was doing pretty good against everything that the Sun Devils threw at him. Not only that, but he carried the ball 14 times and turned it into 54 yards and a touchdown. So... We knew he was a scrambling quarterback and he turned in over four yards or just, just shy of four yards to carry and another touchdown. 
he did what you were afraid of. You've got to start being able to finish up these plays. Again, you don't need a 10-sack game every week. Even one to two is fine if you're generating the pressure to go with it. But ASU is getting some pressure and no sacks. That's not going to work. You are not going to be able to play a full 60 minutes and dominate on defense if you're not able to finish up plays like that. Other than that, the defense played really, really good. They were like a lot better than a box score will indicate. They were a lot better than people give them credit for. They, all, all things considered, Dominic Richardson, the running back, ended up uh, eclipsing 131 yards on the on the day. He needed 27 carries to do it. And I mean, like, it got to a point where they were borderline force-feeding him the football. They were doing everything they could to chew that clock. And again, the defense was exhausted. And because it was so tired, it, it just, there's only so much you can do, man. When you are having a running back as talented as Dominic Richardson is, who is, is a big dude, by the way, this is a six foot, 210 pound running back. It's, it's going to take everything in you to try and slow him down. And when it's just blow after blow, after blow, after blow, you can only do so much. And Dominic Richardson ended up winning the battle simply because of volume and a tired defense. Other than that, Arizona State really did such a good job biting down. It's so unfortunate the defense, or not the defense, the offense couldn't up, you know, hold up its end of the bargain. We're going to go ahead and dive more into that in just a moment. We're going to take our final break, though. And before we return, we've got a quick word from our friends over at LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job in LinkedIn in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring framed to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know nearly every week there's almost 40 million job seekers that visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, of course, will apply. And guys, make sure that you are checking out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast in addition to listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Make that your second listen of the day. Stay in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions with host Spencer McLaughlin in 30 minutes or less. Again, make that your second listen of the day. Final thoughts here. This was a winnable game. This was a very, very winnable game. The first drive for Arizona State, it went right down the field. You had forced a very quick drive. If my memory serves, it was a three and out, or you gave up like one first down. That defense clamped 
on the first drive. ASU got the ball. They went right down the field and they stalled out and they settled for three. It was at that moment, you kind of got a feeling of, I don't know if this offense is going to be able to do anything. It just, it kind of sat there and you were nervous. But then guess what? The next drive, the defense dominates again. Offense gets the ball and you're like, wow, we're, we're going to get a lot of opportunities, aren't we? Didn't do anything with it. Next drive. Oh, defense forces another quick three and out. You're like, okay, this is, this is exactly what we need. Now we need points and offense couldn't do it. Offense could not put up points. You had three points in the first half and it came on the first drive of the game. After that, it dissipated. There was nothing else going on for you. And it was because of the pressure. Like they couldn't keep Emory Jones upright. Yeah, he only had three sacks. He was consistently under duress. And it affected every aspect of his game. You know, completing just over 50% of his passes. That's not entirely on him. Could he have thrown a better ball? Sure. His receivers could have helped him with their hands. That's also a fact. The offensive line could have done a better job protecting him. And I get it. That is a very good pass rush. It's a very good pass rush. The three guys who you gave up sacks to, you got to understand that they're good guys. Tyler Lacey, Colin Oliver, and Brock Martin are very good football players. It doesn't matter. You step up. When the competition is as high as Oklahoma State is providing you, you play your best football. Arizona State's offense did not get that memo. I'm I'm sorry if this is too harsh. I love this team. I love the players. Where I'm frustrated, and I mean truly frustrated, you should have won this game. To me, there's like almost no excuses for why you lost. The offense did not do what it was supposed to do. Call a spade a spade. It is as black and white as it gets. The offense did not do its job. The defense did everything it possibly could. The reason why they gave up 34 is because the offense just couldn't help them. Again, ASU technically won the time of possession battle. That is such a deceptive stat. Because Oklahoma State was consistently controlling everything that was going on in that game. They either had quick drives where Spencer Sanders was just throwing dots down the field. Or they just had these long sustained drives with Dominic Richardson just pounding the ball. There there was just, again, I'm a broken record. But there was only so much this defense could have done to win this game. And they did everything they could. This game is not on the defense at all. You had a lot of guys step up. I didn't even talk about the secondary. Roe Torrance was a stud. He had one pass interference call, I believe. Other than that, he played great. Tamarcus Davis looked really good, too. You had Jordan Clark step up. He looked really good. Uh, Chris Edmonds had another really solid day. The secondary did its job as well as the front seven, but you didn't get sacks. That That's really the only complaint that I would have with this defense is they didn't get sacks because I am not going to complain that they gave up 34 points. Absolutely not. I am not pinning that on the defense. 
The the other the the last thing I want to talk about here before we wrap it up, penalties came back. ASU was penalized 10 times in this game. You went from five in week one, frustrating ones, frustrating penalties in week one against NAU, but you only had five. You doubled it. And what might end up being the biggest game of the year for you, you doubled the amount of penalties that you had in week one. You had 10 penalties, game-changing penalties. A couple of them were pretty uh, pretty soft. I can remember one roughing the passer call where, I, I mean, Spencer Sanders didn't even really flop. Like, it wasn't a Sanders thing. It was, uh, you know, this, this guy had just kind of run into Sanders, and the refs apparently didn't like it. The, the, the whole day, there, there were some really questionable roughing the passer calls. If you, if you watch college football and you watch that Alabama, Texas game and Dallas Turner getting the flag for Quinn Ewers deciding, deciding to jump in the air for a jump shot was just, you know, neither here nor there, but it, it just, ASU had some dumb penalties. Yes. There was a couple fluff penalties that were frustrating because they shouldn't have happened, but there was also a lot of penalties where you're sitting there and you're like, you know, better. These are basic fundamentals that you go through every single week in practice. How are you still having this many issues? And why has this always been a problem for Arizona State? This was an issue with Todd Graham. This was an issue with Dennis Erickson. This needs to be fixed. This has become like just just a a storyline Every single year, it's a pattern. At what point is it going to be fixed? Herm's got to sit down and figure this out because these penalties are not helping anyone. And the defense is guilty of this. They absolutely are. That that would probably be my other complaint. You didn't get sacks, and there were some dumb penalties, some very avoidable ones. I, I, I think that's just about it, man, is it just you should have won this game. I did not go into this game saying you were going to win. I took Oklahoma State. I said 37-24. It's a two-possession game. Unfortunately, that was not the case. It was was a three-possession game. 34-17. I almost nailed the Oklahoma State points. I gave them one more field goal. But I gave ASU too much benefit of the doubt, and I gave them one too many touchdowns. This was a winnable game, guys. And that is the most frustrating part of this. You could have gone to Stillwater. You could have beaten the number 11 team in the nation. You could have made serious noise and serious waves for your program. This was a win like this was going to silence doubters. It was going to put Arizona State on the map. It was going to get you top 25 votes. This was such an important game. And in football terms, you fumbled it away. And it's frustrating. But on to the next one. Eastern Michigan's coming up this week. Should be able to absolutely dominate them. Get back in the win column. And then get ready because Pac-12 plays coming up. And your first game is Utah coming to Tempe. So you got to get this figured out right now. But... That's all I got, guys. 
that's all I got for this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys for pairing with me. Uh, I, I know very frustrating, very emotional episode. I, I got a lot of thoughts on it. We're going to talk about it again tomorrow. Uh, just just going into kind of like what we did last week, you know, celebrations, uh, improvements, and goals for this upcoming week. It'll allow me to get a, a little more time to think about this in even more detail and just really break down this loss for you guys because I, I got a lot of feelings about it. I got a lot of frustration that's kind of pent up with everything going on. But we're going to get through it. The game's over. We're moving forward. It's week three now. We're focused on Eastern Michigan. We're focused on winning this game, getting back to a winning record. That's the goal. But, again, you guys are the best. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check it out in a visual platform. Stay in touch with everything that's going on with the podcast. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. You can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sundevils. Make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcast and tune in for our content every day, Monday through Friday. So until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.